We're continuing with our coverage of what unfolded in Saskatchewan late today. Uh, the most wanted man in Canada, Miles Sanderson, stopped by police. We've heard now some updates from the RCMP about what exactly happened during that operation. Uh, there were many reports of a stolen vehicle traveling at high speed along the highway. We understand that the RCMP intercepted that vehicle, uh, forced it into a ditch. They then placed uh, the suspect, Miles Sanderson, under arrest. But apparently he later died in hospital, I, I gather, from self-inflicted wounds. We're hearing uh, more about that. Um, we're speaking with Le- uh, Lenny DePaul. He's a former commander with the U.S. Marshall Fugitive Task Force, former host of the TV show Manhunters Fugitive Task Force. Uh, from what you could make of the description of that, I know it was quite timeline, but uh, what did you hear from, from that? It sounded like an operation that you've probably seen before. Yes. Well, once they identified uh, the suspect in that vehicle, again, the public remain vigilant. I mean, there were calls being made and whatnot, but once they put him in that avalanche, you know, it was a full court press at that point. I mean, you guys did a great job with social media that was fired up. His, his picture was plastered everywhere. Uh, wasn't too many places that he could hide in, but uh, yeah, it was a full court press. And, and uh, you know, once he was identified and, and they, uh, and they got that vehicle stopped, you know, I, I think she did mention there was a knife uh, that was also found in the vehicle. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe he used that, maybe not. Uh, not sure what the, what the cause of death was, but uh, you know, again, this could have got this could have went from zero to 100 miles an hour um, very quickly, and uh, uh, it ended it ended uh, the way you know I'm sure a lot of law enforcement wanted it to end. So yeah, because I mean, I imagine the real danger there is is you know this person, you suspect this person has committed a mass murder. You're not sure what kind of weapons they may have. You know they probably don't have much to lose. You certainly don't want anyone else to get hurt. So in that situation, I imagine you, you just take advantage of the fact that the road's probably fairly clear and and then you do what you do because the importance here is that no one else is injured. Well, you, you got to do it by the numbers. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, the, he, this guy was known to law enforcement. I mean, he, he was a parole violator. I mean, he had a, he had a pretty lengthy uh, rap sheet and been arrested several times in the past. Criminal record, assault, assault with a deadly weapon. So, I mean, he was well known. Um, yeah, you certainly had to approach it with extreme caution. And, and uh, you know, in a situation like this and taking into consideration everything that happened this past week, you know, you know you're looking at a, a variety of things from, a, from our lens. Uh, with respect to suicide by cop, like I said earlier, or, you know, is it going to be a shootout, obviously a car chase and whatnot, but uh, uh, it could go down many different ways. I've seen it over my you know, three decades of tracking violent people. Yeah, I would imagine that the the ultimate goal is always to try to capture the suspect uh, alive, right? To try and to try and bring them to court, to bring right. them to justice. But I mean, in this situation, you, I, I, we don't know all the details of exactly what happened. I imagine we will. Um, but in this case, I mean, the priority is to protect everybody else. Is that right? Well, the priority is to protect everybody, including the suspect. I mean, it's not you know your mindset is not. Uh, uh, you know, where you need to react and, you know, but you will react accordingly. I mean, if he, if he responded uh, in a violent manner, then you have to eliminate the threat. I mean, it's as simple as that, but he, you know, he, he ended up, I guess it was a car chase. I mean, they pitted the vehicle. Uh, they did it by the numbers. It, it, everybody, you know, reacted the way they should have. Um, and, and that's something, you know, it's the way it played out. You know, I mean, training is very important. Obviously you get, you get in these situations and, in my world, when you're knocking doors down for a living every morning and track, you know, chasing people that don't want to go to jail, uh, you have to you have to rely on your training, muscle memory, and rely on your partners and, and so on. So, 
you know, again, it worked out. It worked out well. But to answer your question, yeah, everybody, uh, you know, you look for everybody to go home uh, safe, and, and uh, including including the uh, the suspect. So. Yeah, I, I mean, but the training must be not. I mean, this goes without saying. The training must be nothing like having to do it in real life. It must happen at a much faster speed, and the stakes are so high. So, yeah, it must be. Um, it must have been a really challenging day to to have this happen. Oh, you go from zero to 100 miles an hour very, very quickly, and you do rely on your training. And again, it's muscle memory. And I mean, sadly, the shootings that I've been involved in, you you, you sit back, you know, when the dust settles and the smoke clears, and and you just react uh, the way you were trained. And and uh, again, I was a huge proponent of training when I when I ran the largest fugitive task force of its kind in the world uh, for for quite a long time, and and uh, we trained a lot. So. Again, everybody needs to go home safe and, and uh, you know, you look out for everybody's best interest. I guess after the fact, these things are always dissected as well to see what was done right, what could be done better next time around and so forth. Oh, absolutely. And, and again, you can't Monday morning quarterback a, a, anyone um, the way anything happened unless you're in that situation. And, you know, the men and women that, that are downrange doing God's work, as I would say, they, you know, uh, it's a tough job. I mean, it's a tough climate uh, around the globe right now for law enforcement, but uh, uh, it's a tough job, especially in a situation like uh, like you had there. Yeah, so if you were to look back at the last four days and so on, I mean, I guess ultimately this, this ended in a way that a lot of people we had spoken to already predicted it would, that at some point he would be on the move and someone would spot him, and that was the opportunity uh, to at least neutralize the threat to the community because the threat to the community was obviously immense. I mean, we still had communities going under lockdown when there were sightings and so forth. Well, sure. You're in a rural area. I mean, you're not in downtown Manhattan. You got, you know, this guy wasn't going to hide in plain sight, especially at six, six foot one, 240 pounds. I mean, he, he wasn't, you know, he, he was pretty identifiable. And again, his, his photo was plastered everywhere. Uh, so, you know, it was tough for him to hide uh, in that area. And I, you know, I always say you can run, but you can't hide when you run. You only go to jail tired. And you know your assessment, I guess, of, and you mentioned it earlier, your assessment of how this entire you know, operation unfolded was that uh, police generally did a pretty good job. Well, it appears that way, and, and absolutely. I mean, it ended, like I said, it ended the way a lot of people thought it would. But, uh, you know, law enforcement, with the assets that were available as soon as this manhunt began with, with aviation support, I'm sure bloodhounds, canine, night vision, thermal imaging, whatever was needed, manpower, money for reward money the streets talk so uh you know and people like i said the the the, uh, the public was uh, was a big help and and uh it was it was uh, it was an investigation that that certainly appeared to be done by the numbers and uh i, I salute each and every one of them that uh, they put this thing to bed yeah you know how tough an operation like today's really is right it's i, I was i don't know if you remember the dc sniper case and and uh yep. And the Boston Bombers, but I was there for, for both of those. And, and you talk about an intense manhunt and a chaotic scene and multiple different agencies that are, you know, uh, trying to hit on all cylinders and, and, and trying to, you know, the communities, uh, you know, everybody's sleeping with one eye open. It's not it's not easy, uh, you know, especially with a violent uh, violent predator or these 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 folks, you know, these fugitives that are. They don't care if they live or die. I mean, we got something going on right now in Memphis, uh, Tennessee, where somebody's right. shooting up and down, and uh, yeah, it's getting a little a little crazy out there. But yeah, it's it's tough. It really is, and and uh, you just want to make sure that you you know you bring this thing home sooner than later, and and nobody else gets hurt. 
any when you look at what are the questions that need to be answered now do you think from your experience what do we need to know about what happened now after the fact once obviously quarterback monday morning quarterbacking at hindsight is 2020 uh, but what would you like to know about what what unfolded uh, at this point well you always go back to jump street i mean you, you know you want to start at the you know what what was the motive uh, what 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 caused this i mean he you know, I hear, and again, I, I did not work this investigation. I just, a lot of hearsay going on about the narcotics that he was involved in, drinking at a young age, and, you know, the upbringing and so on and so forth. But fast forward uh, with these these uh, egregious uh, or these, the, the felonies and the stabbings, and, and what would motivate somebody to do that? Um, his criminal record, why, you know, I, again, I don't know. I don't want a Monday morning quarterback uh, uh, parole commission or why this guy was even out or what his background was, but he, he was a violent, he was a violent guy, uh, the brother, Miles. So, uh, you know, and it, it speaks volumes if in fact he, uh, you know, he killed his own brother uh, along with 10 others. Um, yeah. For whatever reason, you know, yeah, he, uh, he wasn't to be taken lightly, but to, but to look back on this whole investigation, I mean, again, I thought the RCMP did a great job and everybody else involved. It was a collective effort. Uh, it was it was an intense manhunt. I think she mentioned over close to 200 uh, investigators were downrange uh, for four days trying to trying to find these two. And um, four days is not it's not a long time, Ben. Unfortunately, uh, when you got somebody that's gone off the grid and has gone dark, and you got a community that's you know, like I said, sleeping with one eye open, it's it's tough. Well, thank you so much, Lenny DePaul. Thank you so much for your time tonight and your insight into this and for sticking around as this was all. We were finding out more about what was unfolding. Much appreciated. You're welcome. Thank you. Have a good evening.